On this episode, we discuss updates from Gamescom Live, Apple creates an appeal process, Boeing might have Starliner going soon, and Chris talks more about his dong. If that's not enough, we have two jingles about Kathleen Kennedy and Chris taps that app about Wavelet. This and more in this week's show. I'm Anthony Bachman from All Things Good and Nerdy, a geeky podcast, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. This is the official GunnaGeek.com show. Each week, we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Stephen, Chris, and SP. Welcome to an all-new edition of the OfficialGunnaGeek.com show. We are here with tonight's program, and with me is Chris Farrell. Are we here to use our NPR voices this evening? Yes. And pauses. Also, Mm. Pioneer, comma, Stargate. This is more like 1960s <laughs> national news you know, rather than NPR. What, uh, they're about the same, okay? There's not a hell of a lot of difference here. I, I think NPR actually is a step up audio quality from back then. You're a step up audio quality from back then. Darn I it. probably am. I just complimented oh you. Such florid language here on this live internet programming. All right, that's just PBS. <laughs> If we look, you will see the male and his dongle. We will. We're going to get pulled <laughs> off YouTube. <laughs> we'll get back That's- to Chris's dongle a little bit later. Uh, by the way, if you didn't catch that, last week's show name was Chris's dongle. No, it wasn't. It was going to dongle. That's what it was. Oh, my. I know. Hey, if you didn't know this, when we're not talking dongles, which is tech, by the way, uh, we are talking other geeky news topics, which we'll get to in a minute. But we're part of the Guinea Geek Network. The Guinea Geek Network has some amazing geeky content on it, and there might be a new program joining at some point. We should just leave it at that. Eventually, we'll have the full information. But BTS, there'll be a new podcast coming soon on the network. Who is it? You'll have to wait to find out unless you bribe me. I will tell you if you bribe me. It's well, Chris's I'm, Dongles podcast. That's what it is. It, it's Stephen Reviews the Nightly News, but not the national broadcast. It's the local nightly news. Stephen's going to do a nightly podcast <sighs> where he riffs on all of their production issues and what they could do better. Stephen, for, Stephen V. Nightly News is what we're calling it. I got to say, the local programs did better than the national programs when they first went home. Hmm. True. Uh, hey, Chris, let me ask you this, Mr. Mister Farrell. You had a guest over on All Things Good and Nerdy this past week, didn't you? We did indeed. Who was that? This was Sean Pryor, has a Kickstarter project that he's working on right now. He came to talk about his Kickstarter. He had the same lucky problem that David had, which was his project was funded by the time he came on his show, but he got to talk about stretch goals for the fire within. And then we also just got to talk about video gaming in general because he'd been buying a bunch of systems and old games. And then told us some stories about his days working at Toys R Us and is going to come back and tell us more. And then somehow, and I don't know how it happened, we talked about Hall & Oates for like 10 minutes and its (laughs) impact on music in general and the Hall & Oates hotline, which is an actual thing if you were not aware. Mm -hmm. In the United States, there is a number you can call, and I don't remember it off the top of my head, but you can Google it. That is the Hall & Oates hotline that will give you emergency Hall & Oates music when you're in a pinch. And sometimes Chris Farrell likes to eat oat cereal. And when he gets that from the grocery store, he hauls the oats. That last stuff I bought from the grocery store cereal wise was rice checks, though. Hmm. Well, there you go. There's your unpaid promotion. I've been getting the Cheerios in the individual packs so they don't go bad. It's actually not bad. And then you can just pour the milk right in them so you don't have to do a a separate bowl. It Hmm. works. Well... Look out for the Cheerio Breakfast Cereal Podcast, not sponsored by Cheerios, coming soon to the Gunna Geek Network. It's called Pip Pip Cheerio, and we're going to have some British people come do it with us.
All right. Let's start off the news here with a rundown by Chris Farrell Farrell. That's right. He now has a new name. It's hyphenated. Chris Farrell Farrell. It's a callback there, fellas. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, sorry. I should say that properly. It's Chris Farrell Farrell hyphenated. For real. <laughs> For real. For real. All right, so let's get into my news story here. You know, we're in the middle of pandemic time, which means we don't really get to have normal conventions or normal award shows or things like that. And I had forgotten that last week they did the GamesCon event and the opening night event took place. I believe it was on the 27th last week where they gave us a look at a bunch of cool soon to be coming out games. So what I've got here is some of the big reveals they showed off in that two hour event in a virtual event. It's not the same as normal. And I was going to share a few of those with you guys here. It's not in order of preference or anything like that. It's pretty much just in the order in which I read about them when I was researching this. So here's some of the big reveals coming out of Gamescom. Wait, you can read? I am literate. Hmm. In what hmm. language? Um, Pig Latin. Okay. That, uh, I can believe. UK English, American English, and uh, Leet speak. Leet. Leet speak. Hey. We'll have to... You're such a lead hacksaw. Lead hacksaw. Chris Farrell reporting for duty to talk to you guys about GamesCon. See how I pivoted that back. So let's start with one of the first things that popped out to me at GamesCon. Bioware teased a return of the Dragon Age franchise. Nothing new about the series, but more of kind of a step back, looking at everything that they'd done in Dragon Age before, setting the table for a new Dragon Age game. Why is this a big deal? Dragon Age, much like Mass Effect, is one of their more beloved RPG franchises and the fact that they're coming back to it again has a lot of fans excited. This includes my wife who loves the Dragon Age series. Myself, I kind of went, I hope it's good, but I don't really trust Bioware anymore. And I've said this before why. I got really excited for Mass Effect Andromeda. It was not very good. And then I was really excited for Anthem. It was also not very good. Now it has gotten better, Anthem, and they are putting out a 2.0 version of the game at some point in time, but Bioware post Mass Effect 3 is not the same company and they've bled off a lot of the employees that were doing that work on those beloved early years of Mass Effect and Dragon Age and things like that. And it's a very different company that very much is in line with Electronic Arts corporate plans for everything, which tend to hurt the Bioware magic we'd seen before. So I'm cautiously optimistic that Dragon Age, I think this will be four, will be really good, but I'm prepared for it not to be for it not we did get some cool star wars news out of gamescon this is a crossover i never expected it was arguably one of the biggest surprises of the show the star wars franchise is crossing over with the sims that's right that game where you basically control the sim characters in their households give them jobs build houses around them you'll be able to play them in the sims 4 there is a new expansion called journey to batu which launches on september 8th so it'll bring in a lot of cool stuff from the Star Wars series. If I played The Sims, I'd probably be pretty interested to play with it, see if I could give my character a lightsaber. And, you know, The Sims is one of those games where you can accidentally light your kitchen on fire if you don't have proper cooking skills. I'm really hoping if you get a lightsaber, you can accidentally cut your own hand off in this game. You know, actually, this makes a lot of sense given how the Skywalker saga ended because with all the main planets that were exploded at the end spoiler and yeah. you obviously need to recreate civilization so this is actually appropriate at this point in time spoiler alert for crappy movie we're sorry we ruined it for you hey oh, wait jj abrams did already <laughs> <laughs> and by the way just so you know you'll only be able to play as a skywalker now that's okay there's still a lot of character selection but you'll always have skywalker at the end of your name <laughs> you know uh Teenage Chris would have enjoyed being a Skywalker, so I'm totally okay with that. In all seriousness, though, this is one of those things that I look at it through my jaded eyes as someone in their mid-30s now and go, this is kind of dumb. But if I looked at it as Chris when I was 13 or 14 years old playing the original Sims on my computer, if I had the opportunity to cross that over with Star Wars or some other franchise I really liked, this would be really cool and it'd be something I'm into. And I'm not saying that to disparage those who might be my age who are really excited. I just don't care as much for that franchise anymore. So I stepped back to when I had played it and really enjoyed it to make that comparison. So this, this is no different than any of the dozens, nay, I say hundreds 
of versions of Monopoly out there right now. Right. I literally Dude. have by my feet a local edition of Monopoly. Nice. I mean, is it literally called local edition or no, it's is it not. called Canardia? Edition? It's not. And I'm, I'm actually not going to say what the name is, so we'll leave it alone. It's uh, Stephen, Stephenopoly, right? Let's just say it's very, very, very pro, pro, profane. Profane. If you if you land on this, you're Stephen's 3D printer. If you land on this, you're Stephen's microphone. If you land on this, you're Stephen's old podcasting rig. Yeah, yeah See, th- that's can... by the way the go to go to jail square. That's what that one is. There, <laughs> <laughs> we should make Stephenopoly after this and play it live sometime. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, then we'd have to probably pay rights to Monopoly or Hasbro or whoever it is that has it. Oh, good point. But we'll, good you, point. you know, we'll do. We'll make it slightly different. That's what we'll do. <laughs> there you go. So let's continue in with GamesCon stuff. I I was gonna talk touch on this later, but it makes sense. I talked about Star Wars. To continue with Star Wars, they gave a single-player campaign preview for Star Wars Squadrons. For those that aren't aware, this is the upcoming flight simulation game. Not as hardcore as like Microsoft Flight Sim, but it is a flight battle-based game that is coming out in October for consoles, Google Stadia, PC, things like that. And it is kind of a callback to the old X-Wing versus TIE Fighter types of games. They've already showed off the multiplayer footage of it before and talked about multiplayer gameplay. They showed off the single-player preview this week, and while I don't think it's going to be a hugely robust single-player campaign, it looks like it's going to be fun and an interesting way to learn how to control your vessels in Star Wars Squadron and then get into some really cool online battles and online missions and objective-based stuff. So I'm cautiously optimistic about Star Wars Squadrons, but it could be because I so badly want another X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, X-Wing Alliance flight sim kind of game that I'll take anything that's remotely close to it. How about Kathleen Kennedy Opoly? Well, we'd get some cool stuff in there. I mean, she had a lot of involvement with some early Lucasfilm projects, too. You want me to throw up right here on microphone? Just keep saying her name. If we say it three times like Beetlejuice, does she appear? I wouldn't be surprised. Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy. That actually sounds like Star Wars music when you said it like that. It does. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, please don't take us down for me uh, doing a line from Duel of the Fates there, YouTube. My apologies. That's okay. I was going to go, Kathleen Kennedy. No. <laughs> no. Oh, that's right. We got a couple more things to touch on here. Evidently, there's another Call of Duty coming on November 13th. I, I don't care. My apathy for Call of Duty just makes me not care, but a lot of people care about that franchise. So go Call of Duty. And I guess they're bringing back Medal of Honor also because we need all of those games that have been the same game for year after year after year. If you're excited for it, I'm really happy for you. These last two announcements, though, are a bit more interesting and exciting. The first is in relation to what has been one of the surprise hit games that just came out in like the past two or three weeks. Have you guys heard of the game called Fall Guys? Yes. Steven, how about yourself? I'm assuming these are guys that like the season fall. Is that correct? Of course it is. Uh, in all seriousness, though, uh, Fall Guys is a game that if you remember the old uh, redubbed television show called MXC, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, where people would do crazy, wacky stunts and there were people that would make fun of it behind the scenes and stuff like that or wipe out more modern terms. This is a video game that kind of replicates that where you're running through obstacle courses with 50, 60 other people trying to get to the finish line. And the whole goal in the end is to be the last person standing after four or five stages of things. It is an incredibly fun game. I've actually started playing it a bit on my PS4. It's also out on, on excuse me, PC. And it is arguably one of the more popular games being streamed on things like Twitch right now. I think there was something like 175,000 viewers the last time I checked. And that was when we were recording ATGN on a Sunday morning. So lots of people love this game. It became really popular really fast. They had a smaller dev team, but at GamesCon, they're able to share some of the new content coming with season two of the game dropping in October. This includes new levels to explore, new kinds of objectives that have to be obtained, and it just looks like a ton of fun. If you've been playing Fall Guys season one, there's new content coming soon, and it looks like they're just going to keep it pumping and keep a lot of content coming our way. I'm excited for it. This is one of those games you can just kind of sit back on the couch, you can chill and have fun with, And if you die, 
you get mad for like five seconds. And you're like, ah, I'll just jump into another game and start it again. It, it's more entertaining when you screw up than it is more rage inducing, I guess is the best way of putting it. But how can you video game if you can't rage? That's what I saved my Call of Duty time for when I rage about noobs. I mean, what? Why did you sound like Macho Man Randy Savage? Oh, yeah. Don't, I don't want <laughs> now, to do Macho. If there's going to be a copyright strike, it's going to be because of that. Nah, you can't get that for that. That's an impersonation. That's totally legit. And, and a I'm, poor one at that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I never said it was a good one. I'll only tell you something, brother, and I'm not going to go into Hulk Hogan rant. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well done. Uh, Last thing to bring up, and this doesn't directly impact me because I don't play the series, but I want to bring it up because of the longevity. World of Warcraft announced a new expansion. Why do I bring this up? Because I remember World of Warcraft being a thing my freshman year of college in 2003 when a bunch of my friends were playing it. And I said, I can't play this game. I'll get addicted to it and I'll have to drop out of school because my grades are so bad. Lo and behold, that happened to some of my friends who got addicted to that game and dropped out of school because their grades were so bad. I think it's just fascinating that 17 years later, they're dropping their, their excuse me, eighth expansion to World of Warcraft. That's pretty cool that the game has lived on that long. The mythology around has evolved so much. And there is a massive community of people that have built up around that game that have built friendships of just playing WoW online. And like, I've never met these guys, but I've played WoW with them for 10 years. And they're some of my best friends ever. I'm just fascinated by the fact that this game has such long-term support. And I really hope that some of these games that I come to love have that same kind of long-term support where the community grows and grows and grows and it keeps getting supported for almost 20 years. That's crazy. When something lasts that long, there really is only one word that can describe that. Wow. Oh, I knew you were going to do that. Yeah, you should. You should. Again, flying fruit right there. <sighs> you need to the, do it like Owen Wilson. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I can't do it. Wow. I can't do it. That was a terrible Owen Wilson. Uh, this is more nasally. It's like, wow. Wow. Was he Mater in Cars? Was, was he Mater? Was that Owen Wilson? I'm not I've sure. I've never seen Cars. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, for those of you who didn't know this, we stream the show live on Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 5.45 p.m. Pacific at geeks.live. You can come and you can chat with us while we record. And if you want to watch us as we record and chat along with us, you could see the likes of Chris sending a Owen Wilson wow gift because there are gifts wow. in the chat room. <laughs> Owen Wilson actually was the lead cars. He was Lightning McQueen. He wasn't Mater. Sorry. I'm very disappointed in you. Uh, Well, thank you very much, Chris, for sharing all of this with us. Do greatly appreciate you sharing the rundown here of Gamescom 2020 opening night live trailers, Fall Guys, Star Wars, COD. That was just the URL that I read out. That, that That is the URL to the article I saw. I believe it was either on Polygon or The Verge. It was The Verge. <laughs> Which, if you didn't know this, we do actually link to the articles uh, over on, ge- or on gunnageek.com when we do post this. Most of the time, I link to them. All right, well, moving on to the next news point here. I'm very curious to see what you guys have to say about this. It's all about Apple. You know me. I like Apple. I think Apple's a very, very... Uh, Inventive company. I think that they're a very courageous company, and I think that sometimes they uh, they do things right. That that's my BS well, alarm over my shoulder. Yeah, that just turned like, on. <laughs> what the heck? Um, this is one of the things that they do right, which is <laughs> because they did a lot of things wrong. Uh, Apple oh, has. Geez. Editorial comment, by the way. (laughs) Apple's created their appeals process for developers to challenge App Store rules. This is something they announced earlier this year at WWDC. This means that developers are now going to have the ability to be able to challenge Apple if their app is deemed to be violating the App Store terms of service or guidelines. In the past, this hasn't been easy to be done. Uh, it's something that there has had to be very specific sort of... There's not been a real effective way of how you would 
challenge this if your app was deemed to be a violation of the guidelines. You had to be in the know or kind of try to email somebody who hopefully will pass that along. It's not been very clear, but yes, they have opened up the an official appeals process, which makes it a lot clearer if they are if a developer is looking to appeal the decision that has been made. I personally, now let's get a little editorial here. I personally wonder what this is going to accomplish. I can't help but think that there's they've made their decision. This is just a way that they can have people officially apply to say, hey, Apple, you're wrong. Officially submit their objection. But they still have their process behind the scene on what exactly they allow and don't allow. And I don't know that this is going to accomplish what they're trying to spin it as. And so I'm curious what your guys' thought is on this. Let's start with USP. I wonder if Epic has done this appeal process for Fortnite. Mm. No, they got their developer account nerfed today. They're they're in bad there's shape two, in that fight. There's two developer accounts, by the way. They still have the secondary one. They just don't have the yes, primary for one. for their engine. They do not have the one that allows them to publish any games or things like that to the App Store. So like even things like the Infinity Blade series that you might have bought before, you can't re-download right now because they're not available because Apple yanked their developer license. And but now you can't play the new season in Fortnite. The reason I bring this up is because I think Apple is not going to change what they're doing. They're being hard over on Epic with Fortnite because I, I think it's kind of silly, actually, because Fortnite had just slipped some code in. I don't know the specifics enough to talk about it, but they slipped some some notification in that they weren't supposed to, that Apple said, no, you can't do that about uh, how to pay for stuff. And it wasn't even, a, I don't think, against Apple rules, but Apple said, no, you cannot do that. And then the whole feud has uh, started with Epic. So I don't think, if they're not going to budge on the little bit that Epic did with Fortnite, they're not going to budge on this. This is what I was meaning, though. Like, I, I think that it's just a submission portal so that it's, it frees up some of those customer service agents time or whoever is passing along the email to to Joe, who's passing along to Jane, who's passing it on to somebody who's way above this, who passes it back down. It's just a so basically streamline just their... straight into the wastebasket. Exactly. <laughs> this is to delay lawsuits because you can be like, oh, you can appeal it through this portal here. Yeah, I like what Suncast is in the chat room. It'll be as useful as making an appeal on YouTube. Or an appeal on Twitter for your deactivated GFQ <laughs> network account. <laughs> I was going to say, YouTube has actually made some strides, not a lot, but some strides in their appeal process within the past year. You're right. Uh, they increased it by 30 characters. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's 30 characters that you can use. Uh, Twitter has just gotten worse and worse. Yeah. Twitter's accessible. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Twitter. Let's take a sidebar here from the news here. <laughs> Twitter is is getting worse from an interactive action perspective as well, because now they're like really highlighting when people are like liking tweets. And it, most of, when I pull up the app, more often than not, the things that I'm seeing are so-and-so like this tweet rather than me actually seeing that person's tweet. I'm just like, well, this is stupid. I don't care what they like. I care about what they say. I don't care about what they like. <laughs> Your mistake is using an official Twitter app because no, you use true. one of the third-party ones. You don't get that stuff in your feed that says, Stephen likes this tweet because they, have, they don't have access to that. Yeah, they have improved the official app because I use it to access Twitter at work. And they it's more, much more improved than it was a year ago. Now, is it perfect? No. Is, is a client going to be able to give you more? Yes. But they've made some improvements. And as far as those like things... I turn those off because I, I think it's in settings. I don't know. Either that or I go into the individual tweet and say, I don't want to see this anymore. That's what you have to do. And then it changes the algorithm. There's no way to officially disable it. It's stupid. Honestly, the thing that drives me the most crazy with their official app is that their default sort is not the most recent things in your timeline. Let me emphasize this. Yeah. In your timeline, it is the things that have the most interaction. I go to my Twitter timeline to see a timeline of events that people are talking about. No, I have to go in there, set it to most recent tweets and have it resort. And it never sticks and stays with that. The next time I load, I'm like, oh, we're back to the, the most 
most interesting ones that people interact with that I don't care about because I like to see the most recent ones that people have posted so that I can see the cool stuff. If it wasn't for being able to spam my projects, it'd be really appealing to go off all social media right now. Oh, God, I'm one of those guys now. Look, (laughs) here I'll say something controversial, and I can't believe I'm saying this. My social media of choice right now, it's Reddit because I can tailor the communities and what I see, and I have a lot better control over seeing what I get blown up with. I go to my, once I have my communities I like, it just populates the top things in those communities on one homepage, or I can go to the most popular tab and see everything that's there. And if I don't like something, I can unsubscribe to it, or I can block a subreddit. I can much better control the things I do and don't want to see. And this is something that will be controversial. Most of the communities I frequent, people are more pleasant on Reddit than they are on Facebook and Twitter right now. Where the heck are you on Reddit? Oh my gosh. That must just be in better subreddits where people are disagreeing, but it doesn't then turn into you're a liberal turd or you're a conservative a-hole or things like that because everything on Facebook turns into that right now. Aren't you a mod on a sub and on Reddit somewhere? Yeah, and, and the people on that subreddit have learned that we're not putting up with that kind of nonsense okay. anymore. So, so we're not the, getting it. So you drop the hammer. And we drop the just, hammer and now yeah. we're getting cool things like, hey, here's a photo of some cool stuff I took while I was at this state park in West Virginia. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. And I can talk to them about the fact they're taking their dog to all of these different state parks through West Virginia and have positive, cool interaction like that and not have to worry about, I post a picture of something and someone turns up political. I'm like, how did you get the politics from a picture of my dog? What are you doing? Okay. That's an uh, over-exaggeration, mind you. But I, 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 I don't think it is. A, I, I was about to make a joke about Chris's favorite Reddit being the uh, r slash dongles subreddit, but that actually exists. There's actually... <laughs> you probably there's, don't there's actually, know what that is. No, there's one, two, three, four, five, six posts, and there's pictures of dongles. And actually, you should check it out. And one of the them sub- is NSFW. Oh my. The subreddit mm. I enjoy the most just because it makes me laugh the most right now is probably r slash T-I-F-U. Today, I expletived up. You know what? I don't That's, believe all of them Reddit, are true, but it is a fun subreddit. Reddit's also a problem here, okay? Because since you linked me to one of those posts, every bloody day I get a stupid <laughs> notification from that subreddit, even though I'm not in it. So Reddit is almost... Disable as, your notifications. Reddit's almost as bad with the settings as Twitter from pushing yes. content that I don't care about. You know what correct. my preferred social media is? Pinterest. There you go. None of you guys are on it, which makes it my favorite. it. You know what my favorite social media is? The mirror in my bathroom. That's what it is. I'll believe that. You know <laughs> who does the, the timeline even better than Twitter? Facebook. So Boeing's going soon, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Boeing is totally not on social media, which is actually false. There are totally on social media anyway. They are in the race, which is really a race because they were paid to do it with NASA along with SpaceX. But they're in a race to try to get humans to the International Space Station. So they were contracted to do the CST-100 Starliner spacecraft, which can launch humans into low Earth orbit by NASA way back in 2014. Last year, they had the orbital flight test number one which didn't do so well in December 2019. So Boeing is now planning to launch a second uncrewed test flight of a CST-100 Starliner spacecraft no earlier than December 2020. The company announced this on August 28th. The mission will be called Orbital Flight Test 2, or OFT-2, and it will be Boeing's second attempt at launching its new astronaut taxi to the International Space Station. Following the partial failure that prevented the Starliner spacecraft from reaching the station during the OFT-1 mission in December 2019, once the company has demonstrated that the new space vehicle can ferry safely some astronauts to and from the space station, it will be able to start launching astronauts to the orbiting laboratory as early as June 2021, NASA officials said in a statement. Guys, June 2021 versus SpaceX got her done in 2020. I mean, what can you say? There's a big difference. Did you say that they're going to be going to the orbiting lavatory? Is that what you said? 
there is a lavatory in the orbiting laboratory. That is correct. Yes. One would assume. Exactly. But that is not what I said. I said oh. orbiting laboratory. Oh, well, I think that we should change the focus to being the lavatory because let's be honest here. Everybody likes toilet talk with Chris Farrell. What? <laughs> when am I starting this show? No, uh, I mean, I got time. We're in the middle of a pandemic. What do you guys want to talk about on Toilet Talk with Chris Farrell? All I know is, is it, that a uh, uh, highlighting the lavatory would put a whole new spin on a lav mic. <laughs> well, Chris, to answer your question, I mean, is it better to use toilet paper or to use a bidet? It depends on what you have in your home. Whatever you have is the best thing to use. If you have both, that's a choice of personal preference, I would assume. There's got to be a more sanitary or a more cleaner option. Look, here's what I will say is that we had a big toilet paper run here when the coronavirus happened, when it still is happening. But when it first kicked off, look, if you had a bidet, that's a one time install. You spray things down. A lot of them have dryers built into them, too. If you buy a fancy one, you don't need that toilet paper. Then you're not one of those people going out to the CVS going, where's the toilet paper? I need 6000 rolls or I'm going to run out and have a panic. No, no, no. You just get a bidet and you hit a button. It does its thing. Your tushy's clean and you're good to go. That's so, Toilet Talk with Chris Farrell. You guys both have dogs, right? That's true. Yes. I don't lick my butt like my dog before you get to that. No, no but, but <laughs> you give your dogs baths from time to time, right? Occasionally, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I let, so, I let it go run outside. That's, that's its bath. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you live up there where it rains every three seconds. You, you let them go run in the creek. <laughs> I had to use a regional term there. Sorry, guys. Thank you. <laughs> so I have one of those extensions that works off my shower head that, you know, it would have worked just fine. So mm-hmm. if you don't have toilet paper, I imagine a bidet is a perfectly reasonable alternative. There's a reason why they're so popular, especially in Europe. A lot of sailboats converted to bung sticks. To what sticks? They're called bung sticks. It's basically a bidet on a hose. That sailboats used. Just jump in the water, man. Problem solved. Well, that has all sorts of issues with it, depending on where you're moored yes. or anchored. This was or, a joke. I was not being serious. Well, I mean, I'm just setting up Toilet Talk with Chris Farrell. You can find that at toilettalk.gunageek.com. <laughs> Chris, why don't you tell us about your dongle update so that I can set that subdomain up? Aren't you glad I gave you some work to do, Stephen? Thank you. I appreciate that. This is why you shouldn't encourage my bad behavior. So uh, these guys wanted a dongle update. They were talking about it on Twitter, how they wanted it so badly. And it's like the Twitter gods provide. I don't think it was actually Twitter. I think it might have been Google Chrome popped up in my newsfeed. So the Google Chrome gods do, in fact, provide. Last week, I talked a lot about the upcoming... Google Android TV dongle codenamed Sabrina saying, hey, we don't know what the price is, but my theory was they were probably going to try and price it minimally somewhere between the regular Chromecast price and the Chromecast uh, 4K version, which is like 80 bucks. So we do have some interesting news that has leaked out that Home Depot's internal systems are now listing Google's Sabrina Android TV dongle, and it supposedly is going to have a much more affordable price than we all expected. On the Home Depot systems, it's listed at just $49.99, well below the cost of the current Chromecast Ultra and only $15 above the cost of the third-gen Chromecast. It also matches the price of the Roku Streaming Stick Plus and the Amazon Fire TV Stick. We also found out that the colors are going to be Rock Candy, Camo Blue, and I missed what the third one was. I forgot to copy it over, but follows the uh, color convention we've seen in the Nest Mini. So... I'd like to say kudos to us, our guess that it was going to be somewhere between those Chromecast prices. If this holds true, we nailed it. So uh, go team. When do we start tweeting about our uh, our tech leaks and scoops online so that everyone comes and talks about us? Well, you should just take a guess because it seems that's what most of those leakers are doing. They're just like mm. stating fairly obvious facts. They're like, hey, there's there's a new Apple iPhone coming and it's going to be delayed because every other device has been delayed this year. <laughs> Guys, it's going to be it, iPhone 15. It's coming in next, March. It's the next generation WWE. It's reality TV. It's people are treating this as fiction. That's all it is. It's they're just making up stories. People just want clicks as part of what it is. There are some True. people that are legitimately in the know. 
more so than we joke about. But then there are a lot of other folks, especially when it comes to not just tech news, let's get in like comic book news, entertainment news that just basically are purveyors of BS so they can draw the clicks. And by that, I mean, I'm going to go on the record again, one of the worst sites out there. And if you ever cite news from it, you lose all legitimacy in my eyes is we got this covered.com. Oh my God. The worst. They just throw crap against a wall and it's always, according to sources we have, this is going to happen. No, do not ever use wegotthiscovered.com to try and tell me something's going to be happening in the MCU or Star Wars or anything in relation to comic books or TV shows because 90% of what they post is absolute horse crap just to draw clicks. Them and Cosmic Book Movie News, I think that is the name of it, yeah, they're also purveyors of just clickbait garbage. And you've seen folks like James Gunn and other filmmakers just rip on these guys on Twitter. And it's absolutely hilarious when they try and say, we've got news about Guardians 3. And James Gunn's like, yeah, this is absolutely bullcrap. I I wrote the movie. I know this is not true. Yeah. So don't be one of those purveyors of BS. We don't like them. Yeah. Um, Hey, before we hop off of this, I I do think that it's worth mentioning something that should be considered considering this comes from Home Depot. I was frequently in Home Depot over the last couple of months. And as I've been headed up to or headed out the door, they have their cage of electronics there. And there is a thing that is still there. Even as of today, I passed by it today when I had to run up there on my lunch. And it is a wink hub too. (laughs) And it is still for sale at $139. 95. Their system has allowed it to be still on sale for $139 when this thing is like basically hot garbage. And and they don't even sell it really anymore officially. Like if you look on the Canadian website, it's not there anymore. Um, it, It's like you can't find a hub unless it's coming from Wink directly. So it's like discontinued stock, yet their system is showing still as 139 at least at that specific Home Depot. So I don't know that we should put full stock in the price that Home Depot has because yeah, not fair. only is that an example, but I, I think they've also had past systems issues with maybe personal information being leaked and credit card numbers. So I, I don't know that their systems are up to snuff. Well, the inventory system is different, but yes, this very well could be a placeholder. I should have clarified that when I was saying this. It could be a placeholder similar to how we've seen those rumored prices for the new Xbox and the PlayStation. Nothing's been announced. These are just placeholder prices a lot of things have. So it is entirely possible 50 bucks is just a placeholder that Home Depot assumed. We're going to have to wait until Google's event. I think it's in October is their next event where they'll probably give the details on Sabrina and then the Pixel 5 and the Pixel 5A, excuse me, 4A, 5G. That's a tongue twister. You know what I was just so, thinking? Some people would, would look at this device that you could stream films right to your to your home. You could browse the internet from your television and you would say, that's witchcraft. So it would be Sabrina the witch. Maybe a teenage witch. We really just dated ourselves there. Well, maybe not because it's on Netflix now. There's a new <laughs> Sabrina. I was going to make the same joke, but you're saying you're dating yourself. I never watched Sabrina the Teenager. I was too old. <laughs> yeah. When TGIF was on, I was not. And that was when Boy Meets World was also That's on. That's not so. true. You have told me Urkel was your favorite character. <laughs> no, 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 no. My uh, favorite uh, character was Eric from Boy Meets World. And he got to be Batman. Did he? Yeah, he's Batman Beyond. Oh, really? Yeah, the oh. voice, Will Friedel is the voice of Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sabrina the Teenage Witch aired between 1996 and 2000 on ABC and then from 2000 to 2003 on the WB. So that was 12 to 16 when Chris was watching that on TGIF on ABC. <laughs> I was a little Demo. busy doing adult stuff during those thick years. <laughs> Just a little. Well, thank you for updating us on your dongle. We appreciate how it brought us to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Why is everything about me tonight? It's dongles and toilet talk and what's happening, guys? I don't know. I'm just waiting for you to take over this show. Look, I am not anyone's target demographic. We're 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 barking up the wrong tree with all this Chris stuff. I assumed you're going to take over this show. Willie's going to take over ATGN. The the Willie Nelson show. People think it's the real Willie Nelson. 
I always assumed that's the way it was going to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, then I quit. You're, you're discounting my laziness. Oh, I'm, I'm familiar. <laughs> well, I'm just saying Steven's discounting it. You know better already. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Chris. Tap that app. While you may know Chris loves phones, tablets, and other gadgets, did you know he's also a master tap dancer? It's time for him to combine the two passions in a segment he calls Chris Taps That App. All right, Chris, what app are you tapping this week? So this week, and it's been a bit since I've done a tap that app, we're talking about Wavelet, headphone-specific equalization. Now, I apologize for everyone who's watching live or listening later. This is only available in the Google Play Store for Android OS phones. So I apologize. This is not something that's going to be able to work on an iOS device or your vaunted Windows phone device if you're still clinging to that, hoping it works. Kudos to you if it is. I mean, this is pretty cool tech, though, that we're about to talk about here. So <laughs> let's get into Wavelet. Like I said, it's available in the Google Play Store. There is a free version of this app. There is also an in-app purchase that unlocks more features with it. So what is Wavelet? Let's go to their description from the Google Play Store. With over 2,500 pre-calculated optimizations for headphone models and many options for customizability, Wavelet is a great addition to any mobile audio setup. So what is this app? It is an app that you can run on your phone that allows you to customize the sound profile of your headphones and do equalization for music and things like that you're listening to. Why is this a big deal? Why am I bringing it up? Well, generally apps that are used to mod or improve the sound quality on an Android device require root access. Root access is not something a lot of people are comfortable with doing. Developers, no big deal. Techies and stuff like that, yeah, I'll enable root, not, not a big problem. Wavelet is one of the first audio EQ apps out there that does not require root access. That's why we're talking about it today. It can be used with Bluetooth and wired headphones. It can also be used to handle EQ on your car stereo or any Bluetooth device you're connected to. So what are the features of this application? There's two major features I want to talk to you about. Both of these are included in the free version of the app. The first is what they call auto EQ. With AutoEQ, you can equalize your headphones to the Harman standard. This is a graph that there are graphs that visualize the compensation that are applied. Steven's got a screenshot he can pull up for you guys who are watching live right now. That kind of gives an example of what I'm talking about. <clears throat> so on the left, you see the wavelet input screens, your equalization, or excuse me, AutoEQ, graphic equalizer, and all of the effects and game control. On the right, when you open that AutoEQ menu, you have the choice to select a variety of different headphone models. It then applies that equalization to the headphones you are seeing connected. In this example that I'm sharing, or Steven's sharing with you guys, this is for my Google Pixel Buds 2. You can swap out those headphones on the fly. Say you then put on your Amazon Echo Buds or something like that. You would just click on that and then type in Echo Buds, and it would find it in its database, and you could apply the correct equalization for Echo Buds. You can do it with USB-C headphones that plug in, as long as you know the name brand and things like that. Their database has roughly 2,300 different EQ profiles that are saved to it, and they're continually growing it and expanding it. Because, for instance, when I first got this app, there was no profile in there for the Google Pixel Buds 2. About two weeks later, there was an update that was out, which then included Pixel Buds 2 and allowed me to apply the auto EQ to it. So, Stephen, thank you for pulling that up for folks to see. So, like I said, auto EQ features pre-calculated results from a user on... Um, a user online by the name of Jacko Panison, who did all of the work calculating all of the proper equalization needing to apply to all of these headphones to meet the Harman standard. Right now, there's 2,300 entries shipped with Wavelet. That's probably out of date, considering now they're saying 2,500. That allows for optimal frequency response compensation for those specific headphone models. Like I mentioned, headphone model, you click on that, it'll allow you to search their database or view any of your previously selected headphones. Meaning, if I've run through three different sets of headphones, they'll all show up there and I can toggle between them quickly. You can also remove them from that listing. There is also a feature that allows you to import and load custom generated auto EQ data. So if you're someone who's really smart on how to set these equalization parameters up, you could figure it out online, 
figure out what those parameters are and import it. There are instructions included on the GitHub repository for Wavelet. So like I mentioned, I use this with my Bluetooth headphones predominantly, my Echo Buds and my Pixel Buds too, once those were added to the database. And it makes a marked difference in sound quality. And I've turned it off and on to try and get an idea of whether it clears things up, whether it sounds better. Now, granted, I don't have the most educated ear when it comes to audio quality, but things do sound better when I set up the auto EQ for my specific headphone brand. And I haven't gone through and dug through to find every set of headphones in my house to figure out whether they would show up in this database. I figure most name brand headphones, they appear to show up in there. So if you've got your AirPods, because you can use them on Android devices, or you've got your Beats audio headphones, things like that, they should all have profiles in there. And you can always just mention in the Google Play Store, hey, I'm looking for these headphones. When are they coming in there? And they're regularly making updates. The other feature that comes in the free version of the app is the graphic equalizer. It comes with a nine-band graphic equalizer, which you can use in case your headphones aren't listed in the auto EQ database, or if you want to further refine and customize your audio optimization done already with the auto EQ. So you can play with things such as the flat, the bass boost, treble boost, loudness, vocal boost, and a few other settings. It's pretty cool. I've gone and played with it, but again, I'm not an audio engineer. I don't necessarily understand the best way to play with it. I can play with these settings and find something that sounds good to my ear, but it's not necessarily an educated ear, but it's cool to be able to go in the app and play with these things. You get all of that for free. That's cool. I like this. Then there is a $5.49 one time, excuse me, $5.49 in-app purchase, one-time purchase that unlocks further things like reverberation, a virtualizer, a bass tuner, a limiter, and channel balance. If you don't want those things, don't pay the $5.49. If that sounds like something you'd want to play with, pay the $5.49. Or do what I did and go, huh, I'll probably never know how to set these up the right way, but I really want to support this developer because this app is really cool. And if I give him $5.49, that helps with the ongoing development of the Wavelet app. That's the path I went. And then I've played a little bit with the limiter. I played a little bit with the, ba the bass tuner because until recently there was no bass boost feature on the Pixel Buds 2. And it was interesting, but I don't know what I'm doing enough to know if I'm actually making the sound be great or just making it sound great to me. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's probably a difference. Well, you should probably hook up uh, one of those USB-C dongles to it, and uh, then you can try a whole array of headphones. So I have actually plugged in my USB-C dongle and then uh, a set of regular headphones in it. And I'm trying to remember which set of headphones it was. I do believe, because they were name brand Panasonic ones, that they were in the database. I, I, just, I did it once and then didn't really try it again because I've kind of adjusted to not having a headphone jack. And have gotten used to using Bluetooth headphones because I'm working from home. I'm allowed to have Bluetooth on my phone. So I just wear my Bluetooth headphones right now. So I know those show up and it, it should be that a lot of these USB-C headphones only should show up also. But really to get an idea of what all is in there, you can search through the app or you can go to the GitHub repository for Wavelet, which will then take you to the GitHub repository for Jacko Panison's uh, auto EQ tool that this incorporates. And you can dig through all of the headphones that they have profiled in there, pull up all of the auto EQ information. There's like a little FAQ that teaches you, hey, here's how we figure out the frequency response and things like that so that you can tune these headphones and that you could theoretically contribute to this. It's a really cool community. It's a really cool use of GitHub that then you can kind of see getting pulled into this app that I'm really enjoying on my Android device. So yeah, feel free to contribute on those things if you want, guys. And if you are educated enough to be able to do all of these things. Like you said, I'm not an audio engineer. I just, I like playing with these kind of things. So it, this is a really basic app, but what's nice is, and I'm going to steal a Steve Jobsian expression here. It just works. I've used it with YouTube music. I've used it with Google play music before I migrated off. I've used it with Sirius XM and it just shows up in my notification tray that, Hey, Wavelet's running with this application right now. There are some apps that the developer cautions it may not be able to automatically work with when it starts playing. If that is the case, you can go into the Wavelet app and there's an option to turn on what they call legacy mode, which kind of just overrides some of those Android specific permissions that would normally be able to say, hey, Google Play Music is playing and then trigger Wavelet. 
and kind of forces the uh, Wavelet app to handle all audio at that point in time, is my understanding. I haven't had to use legacy mode at this point in time, but it is there if you do need it. And from what I understood out of the developer notes, most applications at this point in time should not require the use of legacy mode. It should just be smart enough to say, hey, this application's running now, so now I'm ready to uh, to use the Wavelet auto EQ while I'm listening to music on this application or Pandora or things like that. I, I really like it a lot. I mean, the big takeaway here is it makes a difference in how the audio sounds to me and an appreciable one. And then when I was going and playing with some of the other EQ settings to do like vocal boosts and stuff like that, it did exactly what it was supposed to do, which made the voice stand out a bit more so that I could better understand the lyrics in some songs. That's probably not the ideal way to listen to some music, but I wanted to play with it. And it did what it was supposed to do. It's easier for me to pick it out. And one thing I will caution, though, with this, I mentioned at the top of this, Pixel Buds 2 were not in there when they originally dropped. I knew this probably wouldn't be the case, but I wanted to try it to see how different it would be. I originally told it that I was listening on the original Google Pixel Buds while I was on my twos and used that EQ setting. Good God, it was terrible. Absolute <laughs> hot garbage. Like it should be because they all have different frequency response. And it was really interesting once they updated to have the Pixel Buds too. When you toggle between different headphones on that uh, picture that Steven brought up for the audio EQ, it shows you the different frequency response. And you could see that the waveform was completely different for Pixel Buds 1 versus Pixel Buds 2. So it makes complete and utter sense that it was hot, hot garbage when I set up the EQ for the wrong headphones on there. So that's one thing you need to pay attention of. What I have noticed on there, though, is that it's pretty smart of knowing what headphones you have connected to the system, at least when it's with Bluetooth headphones. I haven't played as much with the wired ones as I should. And it knows and is smart enough to say, hey, system identifies these as Google Pixel Buds. I need to use the Pixel Buds EQ. Oh, system identifies this as the Echo Buds. Now the Echo Buds EQ is coming into play. I've had pretty good luck with the system automatically picking that up. But if you're listening and for some reason your music sounds like hot garbage, go check your EQ settings. And make sure the right headphones are selected would be one of my uh, uh, pieces of advice. In all honesty, the free tier, it's fantastic value because for paying nothing, you get access to the two EQ settings that I've used the most since I bought this application. And it did make, like I said, an appreciable difference to how the music sounded to my untrained ear. And I enjoyed it. Like I said, 549, it's in regards to microtransactions, it's a bit steep. It honestly, in my use case, if I was using it just to buy those additional features, I don't think it'd be worth it. But my use case was this developer made an awesome app and I want to support them. And I was totally on board with paying 549 to unlock the rest of the app and throw some money where my mouth is to be like, hey, your app is awesome. Please keep developing it. There are some of you guys out there that have the right brain for audio engineering and things like that. And having access to things like the reverb or the virtualizer or bass tuner or things like that, you're going to want to find dial in your music to your perfect listening uh, behavior. Great. And this will totally work for you. Uh, one thing I have noticed, just a minor consideration, it seems like I've taken just a slight battery hit when I'm listening to music on this. Not an appreciable one. But the battery doesn't seem to be where I would expect it to be after listening to music for a couple hours. That could be because my phone is two and a half years old and the battery, while this is a replacement one that Google gave me, is still not as great as it should be. So I'm not sure if it's a result of older phone that is near the end of its lifespan or if it's a result of Wavelet causing just a little bit of extra overhead and processing to do the auto EQ for the music that's coming out. And some people have expressed some concerns online, and I'm terrible about noticing this, that it does introduce just a little bit of audio lag, like if you're listening to uh, or watching a music video on YouTube or something like that, so that the uh, lips may not be perfectly synced up with the music if you have the EQ features on. I have a hard time noticing that on small screen devices like cell phones and tablets. I notice it all the time on my television when the audio is out of sync. So I can't speak to that part, but if you do try this app out, it's probably something just keep in mind that if you start noticing a lag between vocals and voice and lip movement, turn off the EQ and see if that makes a difference. And some of that's also a problem with Bluetooth headphones. So I'm not sure if it's a legit problem or not, but I wanted to bring it up because people had mentioned it. Overall, though, for free, great value. If you enjoy it, I would strongly suggest pay the 550 support the developer so he continues to support this application because it's pretty great. And I've enjoyed it a lot. And this is not me 
wearing my Android hat and going, ha ha ha, we're so great. But this is one of those interesting things when it comes to the more open uh, application store and things like that you see on Google Play than you do compared to the iTunes store. You get some cooler toys like this, and it was fun to play with and try out. I haven't seen something similar on iOS. If it does exist, I'd be more than happy to try it out on my iPad since I still have an iOS device on that front or wait until Apple bakes something into iOS probably to do EQ and stuff like this. I'm sure I'm sure this is something that both Google and uh, Apple is going to look at and go, hmm, why don't we just bake this into our OS? And they'll probably wipe this guy out in a couple of years, which is a bummer <laughs> oh. because it's an awesome application and totally worth the 549 if you want to unlock the whole thing. So Chris, I have a question and I apologize if I am repeating information that you have already divulged, but honestly, you started talking about Android and I went to sleep. <laughs> Fair enough. So have you used any of the other equalization apps that are currently available on Android or is this the first one that you've tried? This is the first I've tried because it didn't require root access. I didn't want to root my phone to have access to some of these applications, which is why I haven't played with it before. That's honest. That's, that's honestly why I went this route with this app. And I was going to bring that up is the fact that it doesn't need root access. And I think it's the best one out there, according to several of the articles that I was searching after I woke up and <laughs> trying to catch up to what you were saying was was saying. So, yeah, I would say if you are in the market for even wanting to try the equalization that this app Wavelet might be a good option, especially with the free tier. Yeah. out there. I, I, mean, I would agree with that. The two features you're going to use the most you get for free. In, in all honesty, mm -hmm. you could get away completely with having those other tiers locked because since I unlocked the rest of the app, I think I've played with those things three or four times just to get an idea of how they worked. But I generally turn them off because the auto EQ to my untrained ears does enough for me that there's an appreciable difference that I enjoy. So two things. Number one, uh, moral of the story, you are not root you cannot say i am not i am root can't say that we are root we are root that's fair enough uh <laughs> second can it make beats headphones sound good you're limited by what is actually making up the beat head beats headphones but <laughs> it can make them sound better is what i would argue but your your tastes have to be bass heavy music with beats oh headphones. my gosh, guys, I don't think I've talked to you guys about it, but I, the kids went through a phase where they all wanted beat headphones. So I think I've a lot got, of kids went through that phase to be honest, yeah. those poor kids. I've got all these beat headphones that are just in the kids' rooms, just laying there. And so one night I picked them up and I threw them on my iPad and I was just trying to listen to it through it. There was this really incredibly bad hiss that was in there. I'm like, how the heck could they even sell anything like mm -hmm. this. This was just really crappy. And it was supposed to be like the best headphones of the time. I'm like, they whatever. They just had the best marketing at the time is <laughs> yes. what it came down to. You yeah. know what? We still suffer from that on, on good headphones when you're looking at reviews because you always see the people are like, oh, well, they sound kind of tinny in the high end. And it's just like the, the one review. They're like, oh, oh, the, the headphones sound like they could use more bass. And you're like, yeah, you like Beats headphones. That's what your review is. Uh, well, thank you very much for this. Uh, I guess, though, if you want a little more bass, you could use this app to add a little more bass now, right? Or depending on the Bluetooth headphones you listen to, they may have a bass booster built into them. Like I mentioned, mm -hmm. just as a follow-up with the Google Pixel Buds, they just put an update to the OS or excuse me, the application, which had EQ settings in-app for Google Pixel Buds too. So I don't know that I would suggest setting EQ in the Pixel app and then setting EQ in the Wavelet app mm -hmm. because you're going to be fighting with yourself. I hate when I fight with myself. Urgh, damn fights. Sorry. Well, I was fighting myself. Uh, first off, let's hope that there's a gif of that that finds its way onto the internet. For the audio listener, Chris was fighting with himself. It was pretty entertaining. Uh, secondly, that's going to take us to the end of the show. Thank you very much, Chris Farrell, for talking all about that. I will have to check it out. You mentioned to me when you were trying this out, but I didn't install it. So I'll have to check it out. And start using headphones on my Android for some reason. I don't right now because I'm here and I'm at home, so I don't really have a use. But, but maybe, maybe. I yeah, guess I have to, a couple more lawnmowers to do before the year's over. So there you go. To be honest, I spend more time listening to music on my 
Google device or my Amazon voice services devices right by my desk because it's more convenient. But when I'm expecting calls from work, I make sure I have the headphones in and listen to music on that. Wait oh, a he, got, he got a Lenovo clock. You're listening to music during a work call? No, no, no. When I'm expecting a work call so that when my phone rings, I can just hit the headphone. And it picks it up immediately. Nice save. Okay, so you're oh, people you're don't call me at work very often. Let's be honest. So they be use clear, messenger. You said you're expecting a work call, so you start playing music so you don't hear the call. Is that what you just said? That's no, no, what no. I because if I have the headphones in, I won't <laughs> miss it ringing because it'll ring through on the headphones. And no joke, because if if I'm not paying attention, to my phone's on vibrate. I won't necessarily hear it vibrating on my desk if I'm listening to music, and I'll miss a call. What I have found is the case is when I know there's a call coming up where someone's going to call me later and doesn't give a specific time, listen to music on my headphones so that when it rings, it comes directly to my headphones. I will not miss the call. So to be clear, you said you don't pay attention. Is that what you said? Exactly. <laughs> I pay attention to nothing. I have the attention span of a nap. True story. Today at work, one of my employees came up to me and said, if I need you, can I just say SP? And I'm like, sure, I'll be wearing my headphones, but sure. And <laughs> she, she's like, you're kidding, right? I, I picked them up off the desk, put them right up. And, and I looked at the computer screen and I could tell she, you know, they're the ATX M50X. Yeah. So they're actually pretty good noise isolation. So mm -hmm. I could tell she was talking, but I couldn't really hear. And she was standing right outside my desk. I was like, yeah, should I pretend like I can't hear or not? And mm -hmm. and uh, I said, I took him off. She said, yep, I couldn't hear you. And she said, okay, I'll take that in consideration. And, and she couldn't really figure out what to do because of coronavirus. It's not mm -hmm. like she wants to get close to me to tap me on the shoulder or something like that. I'm like, it's the perfect work isolation. Just put on some earphones. Nobody will bother you. So when we were still, when we were still in the office, we had what we called our attention getter devices. Because if someone was listening to music or jamming out or something like that, you couldn't be like, hey, Chris, and I would hear I wouldn't hear you because I've got headphones on. So we had a Nerf ball and a clothespin that had on the clothespin. I think it had one of the guy's name attention getter. So we'd call it the uh, the jet device and we would just kind of throw it at their <laughs> throw it at their chair just to hit the chair and get their attention. So I have spoogie balls, but I can't throw them anymore because of, you know, coronavirus. Right. So uh, we actually have an air horn. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's great. <laughs> I'll admit that I've used headphones to ignore coworker conversation before. I, I've quite haven't even been playing anything because it was paused or whatever. And I've heard them be like, hey, Steven, Steven, and then just something completely boring. And I just keep, keep typing away like I'm listening to music. I, Ooh, I'll admit yeah. it. <laughs> Can you EQ out your coworkers' voices? <laughs> You might need headphones that have active noise cancellation. Noise cancel. Wow. I'm gonna, I can't get the word out. <laughs> That's rare for you. <sighs> you guys know what I mean. Yes, I do. Active noise cancellation. Me no cancellation. have words. Me talk too much. Me caveman A now. A-N-C. You promo something right now before we go. No? Me and Chris. Listen to me's podcasts at gungeek.com. SP, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? First of all, I will promote for Chris. He had a phenomenal guest on this week on all things good and nerdy, and you should go watch the episode. It was a fun one to watch because uh, there's a few reasons. Uh, my favorite one is <laughs> Willie wasn't seen during it, so but there was some great stuff that was discussed. Also, I want to promote this week's episode of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode uh, 347. And I want to promote it because we recorded on Thursday. On Friday came the news of Chadwick Boseman passing away. So we were going to talk about it next week, but still I was going to release the episode. So I was just going to put a producer's forward on there saying we will talk about it next week. But since one of the co-hosts on the show, Lauren, cannot be there next week because she is going through surgery on Wednesday, and we record on Thursday. She put a two and a half minute forward and she recorded it, sent it to me, and I put it on the podcast. It's only on the audio version. I didn't put it on the video version. So if you want to hear somebody talk about Chadwick Boseman and what he meant and what he meant to the fandom and the, and the fandom and what everybody's going through right now, listen to that two and a half minutes. It's phenomenal. So I want to say thank you very much to Lauren for sending that in, even though 
recording for her is very painful right now. Yes, check that out. Uh, and you can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. But that is going to take us to the end of the show. So for episode number 344 of the official geek.com show, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, yep, it's live. Go to dongle.gunnageek.com. I'm Chris saying go to toilettalk.gunnageek.com also. Ugh. <laughs> Can't wait to subscribe to Toilet Talk with Chris. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Don't feed me, Steven. I'm going to take <laughs> Thanks for checking out another episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunnageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunnageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week. 